that last question got me. Sorry. I was like, Sorry. what can I live without, without I oxygen, um, water? <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Joyful Drinker, a podcast for anyone that drinks that wants to drink a little less. I'm your host, Ellie Webb, and I believe that if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better. Through honest conversations and real-life stories, I'm on a mission to uncover the benefits of taking a few more alcohol-free days each week. By sharing my guests' own perspectives on balance and moderation, I hope we can all take away some inspiration and learn from the powerful habits they picked up along the way. If you're curious about the benefits that balanced drinking can bring to your week, then pour yourself a glass of something tasty and let's meet today's guest. Welcome to the Joyful Drinker podcast. On today's podcast, I'm joined by the lovely Steph Ellswood, a health and fitness advocate and professional dancer, director of Body Confident Workshop Stay Sassy and author of Plant to Plate and founder of Sustainable. Steph, I think the only word I can use to describe everything you do is just wow. Is there anything Steph can't do? Um, Steph and I have known each other for a little while and a big fan of her Stay Sassy dance sessions. Number one, because I'm a big believer in the power of music and dance to lift you and it's such a fun way to get your body moving. Huge welcome, Steph. Thank you for having me. Really, really great to have you on here today. First of all, I guess let's just jump straight in. Tell me about your Stay Sassy dance sessions why do you run them and what are they like? So, I mean, they started back in 2017. So um, my it's, it's basically an event series that I started in honour of my nan, yeah. who passed away the year before. Um, and I trained as a professional dancer for pretty much my entire life. Yeah. And there was multiple reasons why I stopped. It was kind of the industry is very cutthroat. I don't think I necessarily had the thickest skin for it. My confidence was lacking. And, and the indus- industry is quite rife with eating disorders and things like that. And, yeah. and sadly, I suffered on and off with one for about, I want to say, six years. Yeah. Um, and I kind of gave up dancing. And my nan kept saying, why? Like, you were so passionate about it. Mm. It's something that really lit you up. Um, it was something where you could just ap- unapologetically be yourself and express yourself. Why did you stop? And, and yeah. it got me thinking. And I had a small following on Instagram at the time. And I just thought, God, it was a part of my life for so long. Why have I stopped? So I started going to dance classes again and started documenting that online. Yeah. And people were commenting, saying you should do a class. And I'd never, ever, ever want someone to come to a class with me and judge themselves if they couldn't pick up the moves or compare themselves to someone that could so I thought how could I create an environment where you can try this new skill but leave on a positive even if you couldn't do it Um, so I kind of planned in my head this event that was going to be something along the lines of dancing um, pairing it with mental health and making sure that everyone left on a high so it it took my nan to sadly pass away for me to be like all right let's do this so there's a hospice that looked after her yeah. before she passed away called St. Christopher's. And I just wanted to do a one-off event. 
I called it stay sassy because that's a phrase that she used instead of um, yeah she was amazing (laughs) she was such a character like she'd flirt with all of her male nurses and she was amazing (laughs) and um, she would say the term stay sassy because I called her the queen of sass she'd say it instead of I love you so she thought as a generation we overused that term and and it kind of lost its meaning Mm. so whenever she said stay sassy I knew what she really meant and I thought that's such a beautiful phrase to kind of carry through and um, I put on this one-off event. I think we sold tickets to about 20 people and I was so shocked that even that many people wanted to come. And the event was so special. So the, the format of it is um, you come, a lot of people by themselves. I'm, I'm always shocked at how many people have the courage to come by themselves. And I teach the women how to walk in high heels and then a very beginner-friendly, fun dance routine, making sure that there's loads of repeats. So if you can't pick up the first time, you can get it the second time. Um, and then afterwards, we have a snack break and a talk from either a motivational speaker, or a psychologist, someone of influence, just to make sure that these women leave feeling really, really empowered. And that's everything that I want to achieve with the events like you said you're a firm believer of movement and and music and it's such a fun release um so that's that's what we've wanted to achieve and and now we get around 80 to 100 women at every event and we raise money for different charities every single time um and I've I've met friends for life from from people that that come to the events and I, I love watching the confidence in these women grow from event to event or if I follow them on Instagram afterwards and just just I just love it (laughs) so rewarding and that's amazing that you've created that actually I loved it when we did a uh, dance session with Kalenia actually and and there was so much engagement and people were absolutely loving it and it just really showed me I think growing up with South American family like dance is just in you I mean I'm not a professional dancer by any means but I just love like if a good tune comes on I was at a concert last night yeah um and you just can't help but dance and I just think there's so much power in that and I love that you've brought that that you've brought that to life often when people hear the words exercise workout it can feel a bit daunting and something to work up to do you think dancing in general is a nice is a good nice way to work out a hundred percent. I think my my shift and my kind of um, conversation around exercise has massively changed in, over the last six or seven years of me being on social media. Mm. Um, and I think all movement should be celebrated, whether it's you getting out for a walk, whether it's just putting on your favourite soundtrack or your favourite artist and dancing around your kitchen, or whether it's having the confidence to come to a Stay Sassy event. Um, I, I think all movement should be celebrated and I think yes it's an amazing way to to keep active um, and it releases the endorphins that, that we all need. Yeah exactly. Um, now you've talked about this on on your own channel and obviously this is a joyful drink a podcast and we talk about loads of things motivation and empowerment being a couple of those topics but also we talk about drinking and people's um, relationship with drinking and their habits with drinking and I know this has been a part of your journey as well as dancing and and you know kind of journey with social media but a few years ago you actually decided to stop drinking altogether didn't you yeah how well I guess first of all why was that and and how has that journey been like for you well, it was for, for multiple reasons, really. And I think often you speak to people and you say, oh, I'm, I'm teetotal or I'm sober. And yeah. their first reaction is, oh, 
you must have an issue with alcohol you must have had an obsession or an addiction or something Mm. like that and the more people I speak to um, a lot of people that are teetotal or sober haven't necessarily had an issue with alcohol they just don't enjoy how it reacts with their body or how it makes them as a person or how it makes them feel the next day and it was an ongoing discussion I was having in my head for quite a while Um, so I was I wouldn't say I was a massive drinker I, I didn't enjoy I'd, I'd enjoy maybe a glass of wine with a meal or if I was going out with friends, I was partial to an espresso martini or a Jaeger bomb or something like that. But yeah. it wasn't the kind of thing. I always knew my limits and I knew when I was getting to that enjoyable kind of fuzzy drunk feeling, I didn't like to get past that. No. But it was more so the feeling of the next day where I, I, I call it anxiety, where mm. your heartbeat races um, and you, you're like, oh God, what did I do last night? Did I embarrass myself and things like that? And I didn't enjoy how that made me feel. Um, yeah. And then I also had someone in my life who did have issues with alcohol and I kind of wanted to, I, I'd never want to speak out of term and say, you need help or or things like that. I'd, I'd rather wait for someone to come to me and open up. So I thought... Yeah. If I lead by example and just kind of show that you can still be life of soul of a party, you can still dance and have a good time. You don't necessarily need alcohol to enjoy life. Um, So I I started by, I was just on a trip with my boyfriend for about three weeks and I was like, I'm not going to drink alcohol. Um, I I don't think I need it. And we were on a tropical island. So if ever I, I thought I'd want a cocktail, I just grabbed a, a coconut and, and enjoyed yeah. that experience. Um, and I came back and I was like, I love how I'm feeling. Mm. And I was also having um, some issues with digestion. And I was always saying, oh, I'm bloated. I feel heavy and things like that. And I never for a second thought that it could have been from alcohol. I don't think that was the root cause of it. But I think it definitely contributed to some digestive issues. Yeah, and, and the benefits that I felt from kind of removing it... Um, I've just seen positive after positive really and I, I just want to speak more about that journey and I'm, I'm never the kind of person that's like you need to give up something entirely just because I have I, I'd never want someone to feel the pressure to but even going out maybe if you go out every weekend one of those weekends try not drinking and see if you enjoy it. Yeah, because otherwise I think it becomes quite habitual. Like I need to drink on a Friday night or I need to drink on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, more often than not, you do end up drinking to excess. And and you mentioned it, the topic of anxiety or anxiety is, is it sometimes called. It, it might not be necessarily anxiety about the night. I found sometimes it can just be the next day that anxiety that's created it could be about other things in your life and and it just amplifies that and it's not it's not a nice feeling not at all and I think hangovers in general are just not a nice feeling and I love that now I can go out I'll party with my friends till the early hours of the morning and then the next day get up and still feel fresh and and ready to go I don't feel like my my next day's following a kind of stolen from me because of alcohol yeah that's we've talked uh, a little bit about this on the podcast before and, and Millie uh the founder of Sober Girl Society talks about exactly that. Like you can actually go out and make the most of your day and rather than having to cancel plans because you're feeling hungover and ordering in a delivery and and eating too much. So there's lots of positives. You mentioned kind of going out and socialising and having a great time. Are your friends quite accepting of the fact that you don't drink? And how was that like when you decided to make that decision but still go out and have a great time were they accepting of that and did you find it difficult um I think when I first made the decision 
there were a few questions as as to why and mm. I wouldn't say judgments as such but I think people thought oh it's just a phase it's not going to be forever kind of thing but I really went in confident and said no this is something that I'm doing for myself yeah. um my body's going to feel better for it I'm going to feel better in myself for it um and and people started to respect that I think the, the problem is we we kind of live in a society where if I say oh I'm not drinking tonight friends go oh don't be boring mm. you can have a drink but because I went in and said I'm not drinking at all it's not just tonight it's moving forwards yeah suddenly people get this almost respect for you like oh wow I could never do that how do you do that and I kind of just really made sure that every time I was invited out yeah I'll be there 100% I'll drive I'll drive everyone I'll, yeah. be, I'll be the taxi like I'm I'm so happy to be involved and like I'd, I'd still go out and have an amazing time like I love being out with my friends I love live music I love big pumping music in a club I love all of those things the only thing I didn't enjoy was the alcohol yeah there's lots of positives I guess to be taken from moderating or balancing the relationship you have with alcohol because a lot of people do take it to an extreme what do you think is potentially holding other people back from doing what you're doing or, or even just like reappraising their relationship like actually you know you mentioned the people going I could never do that mm-hmm. like what do you think is holding them back um I think some people actually enjoy the feeling of being drunk mm-hmm. and I totally get that but I think also there is we carry a lot of pressure on our shoulders of, of being judged by others or not being invited out or relationships changing and that fear I think could stop people from kind of making the decision to to change and I think often if you haven't had necessarily an addiction or an issue with alcohol it's harder than then to explain to yourself why you would give it up yeah it feels um, like you need a it feels like a lot of people feel like you need a really big reason yeah actually rather than just going you know what I'm actually just going to cut down because that's what I want to do for yeah. relationship reasons for you know work reasons you want to be more productive you want to focus on your career you want to focus on your relationship and alcohol's getting in the way but yeah and I think often people think that alcohol gives you this confidence and and they need alcohol to be confident and I definitely felt it if I was going to an event by myself in a room full of people I'd be like oh I'll just I'll have a glass of champagne that they're offering it on a tray I'll just take it it's it's a great prop um it'll give me a bit of a buzz it'll make me feel a little bit better whereas now because I think I'm really owning this part of my journey this part of my story I almost set boundaries within myself before I go I set the intention of I'm going to be my most confident self I don't need the alcohol to be confident I can rewire this in my brain to to show up as myself be confident as myself and I don't know if that's as I'm getting older I'm trying to to stand in that power a little bit more but I think it's the conversations with yourself if you tell yourself I need alcohol to have a good time I need alcohol to be confident then you're always going to be reliant on it yeah that's a really good point and a really interesting point you you make about setting yourself boundaries and sticking to them because I think a lot of people don't do that or even think to do that and actually it can be quite healthy structure potentially um sort of talked and touched on it a little bit but peer pressure mm-hmm. is a real thing when it comes to drinking you've talked about uh, about it already but people just can't seem to understand that you're okay without drinking alcohol yeah do you think that's changing um I guess it depends what what friendship groups you're in what industry you work in I think it's very 
dependent and, and nuanced depending on who you are and who you hang out with but I do sense a different reaction now when I tell people for the first time that I don't drink um, and, and I'd like to think it's changing mm. and l- I feel very fortunate that I've got friends if they're all having shots of tequila they get me a shot of water because they don't want me to feel left out I can still join in and <laughs> yeah. cheers and everything like that um, but I, I think it, it depends how you personally set the tone of this journey for you like if you go in with confidence and say to your friends and colleagues I have decided for my own body for my own mental health that I do not want to drink anymore if you say it with enough confidence if people question it then no offense but they're the dick because you're putting yeah. yourself first um and I think it kind of it comes from if you go in and you're a bit, bit like oh I'm, I'm gonna try and not drink then it's so much easier for someone to kind of they almost don't believe you exactly you, you don't, don't believe, believe yourself it. yeah 100 yeah. percent that's a really really good point I feel I feel quite often the mindful drinking movement has very um I guess it's quite similar to the to the whole vegan mm-hmm. movement and that's come on massively if you think about the options in restaurants and pubs now you know you'll be hard-pressed to go into somewhere to go and eat food and not have uh, a vegan option do you think I mean you go out and, and you eat and you socialise with your friends. Do you think the drink menu options in pubs and clubs and bars, clubs, do we even go to clubs anymore? <laughs> it's been a while. That's it's sure. been a while. It's been a while for me too. Um, do you think the drink options are getting better for people like you that don't drink or want to drink less alcohol? I think it's, yeah, it's definitely coming. Um, mocktails I've always loved. I love fruity drinks and things like that but I would like to see more of the kind of non-alc alternatives within a restaurant club environment um I think my, my partner doesn't really drink that much um and I think he'd like to see more non-alcoholic beers on tap and yeah. that kind of stuff I think they're coming but I think that's genuinely to the the, the conversations growing and and the buzz around it and, and the sober curiosity kind of coming that the demand is is there so hopefully in the next few years, we'll see a growth in that. Definitely. It's, I'm definitely seeing it, you know, obviously running a, a non-alcoholic uh, drinks business. Uh, Kalenio, I, I definitely see it more and more. And, and pubs and restaurants are creating dedicated sections on their menu. And for the listeners, when we talk about alcohol alternatives, we are talking about an alternative to a beer that feels and tastes like a beer or a cocktail or a, you know, rum and coke or a gin and tonic. We're talking about grown-up premium drinks that you can go out, socialise with your friends and feel like you're part of the occasion, which is yeah. very much why I started a brand in the first place was because I, like you, wanted to go out, have fun with my friends and drink and socialise, but not drink alcohol yeah. all the time. So I feel like a lot of people are in that, that space too. I'm quite interested to know, we've talked a bit about about dance and exercise and, and drinking. What are the few things in your week that bring you joy? Do you know what? I'm really trying at the moment to to find more things in my daily life that bring me joy. I think often we put so much pressure on the big things. Mm. And I heard a quote recently that, that happiness is when an experience either exceeds or meets your expectation. And I'm not saying that you need to lower your expectations or anything like that, but we put so much pressure on these big events causing us happiness. Yeah. And I think I love 
my morning routine with my partner we, we've just moved out to the countryside and we wake up we first thing we do is we go on a little walk it's like 10 minute little loop yeah. through the countryside in the rain in the sun whatever the weather is come back have a frothy coffee little journal and start my day yeah uh, the whole thing takes maybe 20 minutes max but it's just finding the enjoyment of us two checking in with each other first thing in the morning getting outdoors and then I just love the taste of coffee so the smell of that just I sets me with up you my on day that. I am with you if that question's turned around I'm like coffee <laughs> I've just bought myself another coffee machine to my shame but I think there's also um there's almost this this shame as well around finding enjoyment in things like watching tv or doing things that aren't productive I think as a generation we're constantly told or constantly made to feel like we have to chase this next big dream and this next mm. big thing but even just finishing work a little bit early or getting everything done for the day putting on a Netflix series sitting on the sofa even just eating on the sofa just little things like that I find so much joy in and some I, I felt embarrassed to say that for a while because it's like no unless you're working hard you're not successful and all of this kind of stuff but I think it's literally just trying to find the joy in everyday little moments and, and using that to accumulate your happiness and self-worth yeah that's so true I feel over the last couple of years, I've definitely changed um, my relationship with with joy in that, like you said, kind of feel like every moment has to be productive. Every hour has to be productive and actually mm-hmm. going, you know what, you need to give yourself a break yeah, and just chill out for a bit. And actually that's going to be better for you than trying to do it all and, and chasing these big, big goals, like just break it down. Mm-hmm. Before we go on to our wild card question at the end, I'm just interested to to know you kind of um have talked quite openly about your journey with drinking and and you know why you've made certain decisions which I think is really interesting I think our listeners will be really really interested in would you ever go back to drinking do you know what um being completely transparent I was at a wedding last year and they had espresso martinis on tap and that's my favorite cocktail it was my favorite cocktail and I had half of one and I was just a bit like meh like I enjoyed the taste. I enjoyed, I said, I love coffee. I, I enjoyed the flavor. Yeah. But the moment I start to feel that airy feeling mm. where you kind of almost, I can't explain it, but you know, when your head feels lighter and yeah. you get the giggles and things like that, I feel like I get that from just dancing. I just don't yeah. think I will go back to, to drinking. I, d- I don't think it's for me. Um, never say never. I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but with all the non-alcoholic alternatives just growing and growing and the wines becoming tastier and the spirits becoming tastier and all of those things I just feel like I'm so content with this decision um that I'm not in a rush to run back to drinking yeah I had the same thing I think one of the first times or quite one of the earliest dry Januarys I did I remember having my first um alcoholic G&T and I was like Jesus this feels strong yeah because I'd been drinking I think it was like an early version of of Caleno um throughout the month and then I went back to it and I was like oh my god it really hit me yeah <laughs> I was like oh, I don't know if I enjoy this that much so yeah it, it's interesting what you know your experience of that and you know, I think people can take can take a lot from that final question which is our wild card question which is slightly different for every guest but I'm intrigued to know what Three things can you not live without? Oh my gosh. Three things yeah. that I can't live without. 
Coffee is definitely one, actually. That'll be my. Yeah, I feel like a frothy <laughs> coffee in the morning. I couldn't yeah. live without. That is your joy. That is like yeah. the joy to start your day. Um, you need it, is it? One thing I can't live without is deep, meaningful conversation. Mm. I, I hate nothing more than shallow, empty, surface level chat. That's why sometimes like networking events and things like that, yeah. people asking you the question, what do you do? I'm just like, no, give me, give me depth. What, yeah. t- what makes you tick? Have you had any trauma? How have you healed it? Like that, that deep conversation where you can show, give and receive empathy is something that I almost crave. I just love it. Really? Wow. I love that. That's amazing. Um, and what else? Being outside in nature, that's something that I've definitely realised, I think, as a result of um, lockdown and be give, being given our, our one one outdoor exercise a day I think <laughs> it's given me a new respect and adoration for what nature has given us and and how it makes me feel feeling the sun on my skin breathing in fresh air um, that's probably the third thing yeah I love that and I think a lot of people over the last couple of years have come to appreciate being outdoors more because mm-hmm. we were stuck inside for so long um, so that's a really good one just being outdoors embracing nature i love it thank you steph you've been a fabulous guest and i've loved talking to you and just learning a bit more about your journey and what makes you tick so thank you very much for being a guest thank you so much for having me you've been listening to the joyful drinker hosted by me ellie webb There'll be a new episode released every fortnight, so make sure you hit that subscribe button to avoid missing out. Also, just a small reminder that ratings and reviews really help people discover great podcasts. So if you've got some kind words to share, they'd be very much appreciated. In the meantime, come and find me on socials. I'm at Kalenyo Ellie. I'd love to connect with you all and feedback on the podcast is always welcome. See you next time for another episode of The Joyful Drinker. And remember, if we all drank a little less each week, we'd all feel a whole lot better.